Hey JD Tribe and welcome to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight brought to you by the Journal Deck where journal prompts meet oracle cards to bridge inspiration with action to help you live your best life full of self-care and personal growth coming June 2017. I'm your host and founder Alyssa Cousins and today we have Jackie Carr. Jackie is a goal coach writer, motivational speaker, and maybe most importantly, mama. She has been coaching goals since 2009. She's the co-founder of Rock Your Bliss and has her Light Year Leadership Certification. Her coaching style includes real plus honest conversations and true connection to your most powerful and whole self. She believes in a world where we all truly belong and each and every one of us has unique gifts to contribute. She's a Texas native residing in Denver, Colorado, and you can find her camped out at local Denver coffee shops, co-leading Rock Your Bliss retreats in tree houses, and and hiking with her man, I love that, tree houses, and with her little girl Evergreen, aka Evie, she's adorable, and their two pups in the Rocky Mountains. So with that, I welcome Jackie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yes, I have to say, this is one of the most excited interviews. Like, I've been for an interview. I, <laughs> I, seriously, like, just accept the compliment for a moment and receive it. Um, <laughs> I'll receive it. I love taking an upgrade. I'll do it right now. Stamped, delivered. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> I'm super excited. Um, yeah, just a little context, guys. So I first met Jackie and the co- other co-founder of Rock Your Bliss, Mary Beth LaRue, the yoga teacher, also equally inspiring and fabulous, um, uh, in Pittsburgh, at Rock Your Bliss Pittsburgh. And that was, gosh, was that in 2013 or 2014? Yeah, it was about three years ago. I've got yeah. some time under our belt now. It feels like another life ago. I don't know about you. <laughs> Yes, yes, it does. (laughs) I think at the time, you actually told us this was your biggest event or something. It was. It was our biggest event thus far. Yeah. We called it Blissburg. We loved it. Yeah, that's crazy. Because now you guys are like, rock your bliss. It's like, (laughs) every, if you don't know rock your bliss and you're in the self-help world, I think you might be living under a rock. I'm pretty sure. Oh Uh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, it's on. I still wear my T-shirt that I bought from that event. PBS. Oh my god! Stop it! Love I it. do. I still have that thing, and I will say, guys, good quality because it's held up. Good. Oh, good to know. We're just yeah. making a new batch. So yeah. We'll Who, keep it going. Whoever your printer was back in Bloomsburg days did a good good job because I still wear it all the time, and it's not like you know, like cracking or anything like that. Side note. Good. Yeah, that's what we go for. We go for quality, both yes. in the experience and the apparel. Yes. So, guys, that's how I know Jackie, and um, I met her, and ever since then, I have followed her. And we kind of was like, "Oh, I'll follow you on Instagram, and you'll you'll follow me." And it's just you know, she's really blown up, and Rock Your Bliss has, and I just find 
you, Jackie, to be incredibly inspiring. And your evolution now into a mother has been just as inspiring to see that you're still being this badass. Yes, you're being this badass leader of of light, doing what you love, having a one-year-old daughter, being in a, you know, committed relationship, just kind of doing the damn thing, haven't really (laughs) slowed down too much at all. Um, I'm going to start every day with you. Goodness, that's great. Yeah, I mean, and I'm a yoga teacher. So I always loved this concept of being able to fuse coaching. You know, your whole thing with Rock Your Bliss is like yoga meets coaching. And Mm -hmm. so I've always just resonated with what you guys do. And I lead my own yoga retreats. And so I do a lot of like that coaching and yoga fusion. And I think they go so well together. So that's why I'm so geeked about this interview. Um, Yeah. End rant. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so great. And thank you. Yeah, we we found that the yoga coaching methodologies really overlapped in both our personal and professional lives when we launched Rock Your Bliss. And to be honest, it was just going to be one retreat in Mexico for fun. And then it really gained such beautiful momentum. And we recognized that Rock Your Bliss is not just a one-time deal. And we've built online programs and workshops and retreats and our goal is to really have this very conscious community that has these tools to truly rock their own bliss and spread that everywhere that's the goal and it's been so cool to see it like you said grow yeah it really has it really really has it's beautiful (laughs) i will actually be with mary beth at wanderlust snowshoe oh beautiful yeah so cool yep i certainly will okay so are you ready to jump into some questions i'm ready all right first one what does self-care mean to you oh it's such a dynamic question self-care to me is meeting myself in the present moment and asking what i need today Rarely do I have a self-care ritual that will serve me again and again and again the same way it did the day prior or the same way it will tomorrow. Mm. And so, so much around self-care for me is being in the present moment and checking my mind, checking my body, even checking my energy, my spirit to see how I'm showing up and what I need to do for myself to be connected to my best self. I find there are many distractions. There are many ways to get disconnected. And being in that practice of centering myself so I have choice and choosing a bubble bath, choosing to get up from the computer and go for a walk, choosing to take a day off in the week when perhaps I am spent. These are um, inquiries that I bring to the present moment. So self-care is a practice that I continue to practice. Mm. So it's self-care is a choice. Yes. Oh, God, yes, absolutely. Every day. (laughs) Yeah, moment to moment, I would say. I love that, excuse me, I love that you said, it almost sounds like a a non-attachment thing to self-care practices in and of themselves. You said, you know, 
you said it's not really like I can find one thing necessarily that every day is going to work for me. Yeah, you know, exactly. like that almost feels like a non-attachment thing there, like a Buddhist perspective where if I attach to one particular practice, like I have to do that meditation, um, it almost can set you up for failure in that it feels like a should or a have to. And mm-hmm. then it sucks out the fun and it really sucks out the self-care, which I think is a lot of people fall into that trap, I think, in the self-help community yeah oh gosh for sure I mean I should all over myself all the time I should be sitting on this pillow meditating I should be taking another bath and I have quite the the shift list you know the list to restore myself as a go-to to create choice and I have sometimes gone through the entire list of things I've done to take care of myself and there are days when I have to be open to a whole new way, a whole new path to what it looks like and what I need in this moment. And I think that openness makes self-care actually a choice and actually a practice versus a routine Mm. or a should. Ah, ooh, nugget. That was a gold (laughs) nugget. That was good. I love that too, the shift list. Yeah, yeah, at Rock Your Bliss, we talk a lot about making shift happen. Yes. And so being able to know when perhaps you're out of alignment from your values, know when perhaps you're not showing up as your best or you're in reaction, and being able to take a pause. Usually it's a sacred pause because I find when I have the conscience and the space to pause, I've already really stepped into choice and self-care. And that shift list is there, connected to my values, connected to my truth. And there's blank spaces to be filled in if something on that list doesn't work today. Mm -hmm. I love that. And for a little context there, the sacred pause is from Tara Brock's book, right? Radical Acceptance. Yes, I love that book. It was so wonderful. Yes. So I had seen you guys were reading that in your book club, Novel Grapes, right? Yes, oh, my book nerd piece of the universe on the web, on the webs is Novel Grapes, my yes. online book club. I saw, so we saw that book, and I run a book club locally here, um, like an in-person book club. It's called Chapters and Chants, and um, we do like, it's like a, sometimes we'll add in meditation, hence the chants part, and um, it's at a yoga studio we meet, and we read that book, actually. Beautiful. Yeah, so we dug the sacred pause we had a full-out conversation about the sacred pause and basically guys for your who are listening who are like what is that um basically it's like this moment where you can pause in what you're doing like maybe even while you're drinking a cup of tea and just like have a moment to be utterly present in what you're doing um and noticing and being aware and maybe even that idea of like thinking before you speak or think before you react, like take the pause and how that pause can really massively change your life. How would you describe the sacred pause, Jackie? Yeah, my sacred pause in my practice is really um, a mind-body connection. So when my body is sounding an alarm, because it will when I'm disconnected, I can check in and actually, as you just said, 
pause. Like I literally think of like an old VCR pause button mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to date myself for a lot of people who've never seen a VCR <laughs> listening to this light years in the future. However, that pause button and I can press it and it's almost as if I have noticed when I've gone off the rails and taking the time to check in and come back on the rails. And so my body is so an intricate part that inner listening to, um, when I need to pause. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it's a really incredible practice that everyone in the book club was, ah, the sacred pause that everyone agreed that was a really good takeaway that we all could implement a lot more to just chill out for a moment and chill out and check in really good. So this next question, I think, uh, is, well, here, I won't preface it. I don't want to lead you here, but how has your relationship with self-care evolved or changed over the years? Oh my God. I mean, how much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) I definitely have written about how I look at my life as phases, be it Jackie 1.0, 1.0, Jackie 3.7, Jackie 4.2. And I think throughout those phases, um, I've really had to see how I've changed, how I've evolved, and what actually serves me in this phase, in this moment, in this life. And obviously that would look different in college as it did in my 20s, hustling in LA to now grounded here in Denver as an entrepreneur and a mother. And it's interesting. I would say, like, let's talk yoga for a minute. Because when I was in my 20s, I remember going to all of these power yoga classes. Mm -hmm. Hot as hell. Super strenuous classes. And I think for me, I needed to go sweat. I really still likened yoga at the time as a workout. And I also needed the intensity to be able to shift out of all of the mental drama I was experiencing. And there was this interesting moment in my late 20s to that most beautiful moment of turning 30, which I will say I love the 30s, where I started to crave something softer. I wanted something slower. I wanted more um, knowledge in the body versus flow and movement. And it's so interesting now that all the classes I look up are never, never heated Mm -hmm. and yin inspired, if not all out yin. And it, it was really cool to see that in my 20s, I felt I needed to be going faster in my 30s, I've really recognized slowing down in my in my yoga practice. And it's like a complete 180 to what I used to do, to what I do now. And I found that being able to try different classes and see actually what felt good after allowed that shift. And so um, I find that, you know, through your practices, whatever they may be, it's really interesting to see what changes. Um, when I met Mary Beth, she really took a ton of bubble baths. And I remember being like, who the hell has time for a bubble bath <laughs> this day and age? And I actually 
will say that I am a bath junkie now. I have more lush bath bombs than any human uh-huh. should own because I love a hot pink or a blue and gold bathtub swirl. And I sit in that bath. My husband made me a bathtub shelf where you put your candle and your books. And, you know, I have those weird post-it note stickers. And I get in that bath at least three times a week. And so where I used to scoff at a bathtub, I don't even think I ever took a bath, perhaps, in any of my L.A. homes. Maybe, like, thrice. And here in Denver, if we're moving, I the first thing I look is, let me see the bathtub first. <laughs> so it's interesting how um, your own body and your own vibes can shift the self-care. But also, I find that others can teach you different ways of self-care, too, if you um, dare to try them on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I, I agree with you, though, about the bath part. I do love baths. Um, and the lush part as well. Yes, so like it's, it's, like, a, it's a it's a minor addiction to be real. Yeah, it's I we have an old school claw foot bathtub. So I do it, too. Yeah, do you? <laughs> Sweet. So everyone can be like a little bit jealous that we both have that. Um, yeah, I know. It's like there's something about taking a bubble bath. But that's so funny that you're like. Oh. It almost sounded it like sound like pretentious. Like, oh, you take bubble baths. Like, well, it was more probably rooted in jealousy mm. and also um, looking at the way I was spending my time. I probably wasn't the best at self-care in my 20s. And that's the truth. And I've really been learning more and more about it um, as I've moved into this softer, slower state. And to be honest, as a mother, I've really... Um, recognize that taking care of myself is so important so I can Mm -hmm. show up as you said for my sweet committed partner Chris as well as for Evie and my family and my clients it's it's so imperative which I didn't know for a long time would you say that motherhood has had the biggest impact on your self-care evolution yes for sure 100% for sure in regards to how I view my life, how I view myself, how I love my body has been the hugest um, shift I've ever experienced. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. I, um, I'll start with the body, and I've told quite a few people this, and I have never loved my body more since having a child. I remember being pregnant and being so proud of myself that my body could could shape shift and create a human from the inside, Mm -hmm. obviously with some support of my husband. Um, But I remember looking in the mirror and I know this isn't everyone's experience and that's okay. But for me, I remember truly being so inspired by the female body that I was in. And I can say that my life prior, I never did that. I was so hard on my body. I was so mean to my body, both mentally as well as the way I worked out or the way that I um, spoke about it to others and joked and got sarcastic. And so my self-love has transformed because I've evolved and transformed. And I actually 
do understand the words of taking care of your body. This is your home. This is where um, it all happens. This is the temple. And I really only now as a mother grasp that. And I think that mental shift in um, having an impact on another human as much as I do, especially now where so many of Evie's needs are dependent on my mood, my ability to smile, my ability to, Mm. um, you know, speak grace and openness to failure. A lot of my self-care has shifted so much um, by leading by example and um, taking on this job title, if you will, as mama and stepping into it with all the uncertainty I've ever had. And, and being okay with that. I think my uncertainty um, had a, a root in wanting control for a long time. And now I'm feeling finally that it just doesn't work anymore. I love the perspective that it seems like a lot of it is, I want to say for Evie, like you said, you know, my mood is going to affect how I mother. And if I'm spinning off, I can't show up for my daughter. Um, so if I'm not taking care of myself, it's going to affect the way I mother. And obviously, mm. she's your everything. She's your universe. And I think, would you say that as an extension of that too, is the the lesson that you want to impart on her of loving her body and herself, you know, if you could almost teach her that lesson of, you know, you were there where you said, you know, you were hard on yourself, hard on your body, sarcastic comments, mean comments. Like, I'm sure there's that part of you that's like, if you could help her not, you know, have to go through all of that hard part. <laughs> of being so hard on her body because one day she'll be, you know, a teenager and going through that awkward time and then a yeah, young adult and we're so hard on ourselves. So I would say, yes, it has a, a lesson there probably that you would want to give to her of uh, loving your mm-hmm. body, like deep self love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I know I can't do it for her. Mm-hmm. And I find leading by example is, you know, the role modeling that we can step into. And to be honest, this can be, um, whether you're a mother or not, we're always role modeling, be it the type of wife we want to show up as in our commitment in our marriage, be it the type of person we show up at work as to the people we work with or the people we manage. And... I find that, to be clear, I don't get it right all the time, (laughs) that's for sure. Um, I fail often, and yet the ability to shift, the ability to pause, the ability to check in, and and to really commit to owning up to perhaps where I failed is really what I want Evergreen to see. I want her to see me as a human. Mm. I don't want her to see me doing it perfectly. I actually want her to hear what it sounds like if perhaps I said something that I didn't mean. Perhaps if I said something with the tone and I actually want to try it again. If I can share with her um, 
all the sides of myself versus just the ones that look um, unicorn sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> it sounds like, uh, I want to call it conscious mothering. Yeah, sure. Let's call it that. It's great. <laughs> ah, I just thought of that. Like, you know, they call it conscious business and like that, you know, conscious mothering, it sounds like um, to me, conscious motherhood. I think that sounds like a really good term. I yeah. like that. Mm, just thoughts. I love those thoughts. In my body of work, we call it being responsible for our legacy. So being responsible for our impact moment to moment. And this is on anyone. This is on everyone. This is on the world. And that legacy word has really stuck with me since starting my journey with uh, light year leadership, as well as with how Mary Beth and I are choosing to create Rock Your Bliss for the world and who we are for one another, as well as in my family life. So that's the, the way I, I've played with it in my brain. Mm-hmm. So legacy to you is? Legacy to me is um, the continued impact of every choice that I make and don't make. So it is my energetic responsibility of the mark I'm leaving on the world. And am I in choice of leaving it or am I perhaps in reaction? Mm. Well said. Yeah. I yeah. practiced it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it comes out good. And that's a oh, good thanks. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> I've seen that, you know, you write that before, you know, legacy. I've seen that a lot. And I'm glad I finally got the opportunity to actually ask you what your take on that is. It's really interesting perspective. Beautiful. Yeah, thanks. This is a fun question. Okay. Describe your ideal self-care day. A day? A whole day? Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting. I actually just did vision boarding yesterday with a client, and... I don't, I often say like friends don't let friends vision board alone. So I vision boarded <laughs> with her and I did a vision board of my summer. So I know vision boards can be these wonderful 10 year dreams. And mm-hmm. I have that one on my meditation altar. Like it's stationed. And this vision board was for my summer life camping with my family mm-hmm. And so it's filled with all these images of the Rocky Mountains and Utah and a hammock swinging and Mother Nature vibes. There's a deer on there. <laughs> and I'm going to riff on that board I made. So my ideal self-care day would be waking up with the sun beaming through my pop-up camper. My husband and my daughter are snuggled in sleeping bags. And, um, Chris is waking up and letting me sleep in a little bit because that's a beautiful self-care thing, sleep. And he's making coffee in the percolator and we are going to use our camp chef grill. So fun, but it's called camp chef (laughs) and we're going to make breakfast. And by we, I mean, Chris, I'm going to call spade a spade. I'm going to give respect for respect to Stu. He's the cook in the house. And we're then going to pack it all up into the camper and go for this majestic hike. We've packed lunches. Evie's got her backpack and her sun hat. 
Chris and I are both decked out, and uh, I've got my Chacos on. It's a Colorado gear day. And I would say we're probably in Crested Butte. There's this valley we love to camp in, and there's these beautiful trails that just go on for days. And we'll take a huge, long, probably like a six-hour hike because we'll stop and have lunch. And then we'll come back and um, change. Our pop-up camper will have an outdoor shower because that just sounds amazing. So we'll outdoor shower it up, and um, we'll go into town. There's this main street we love, and we'll have happy hour beers. We'll take a walk around the area, say hi to people that we don't know because that's how mountain town living is. And then we'll head home, light the fire, cook over the fire. There's more beer. There's s'mores. Evie goes to bed early. And some of the greatest conversations I have with my husband are when we don't have cell phone, cell phone service, more so on my part. And when there's a fire pit and when we can just truly be connected in nature. And that would be my perfect self-care day. I love the detail. (laughs) Love it. Seriously, I have worked with clients before, and I'm sure you've had this happen. Uh, You say, like, let's do a vision board or let's do a vision statement. And the first time sometimes people do it, it's really short. And I'm like, I know there's more there. Like, give it to me. Like, go. Like, I know that there's so much in there. There's juicy details. Like, tell me the details. Tell yourself the details, right? Like, Mm -hmm. be willing to go there and, like, fully feel that space. So, I love it. Yeah. All the details. All the things. (laughs) That sounds beautiful. Totally. Thank you. Yeah, I'll send you a picture when it happens. (laughs) Yeah, and I love that you did, like, just the summer. You're right, because sometimes vision boards can be, like, or even a vision statement. People think, like, way years in advance, or this is what I want my whole year to be. Even just a summer is a beautiful way to kind of shrink it down and make it feel really manageable and yeah. totally achievable. It's, you know? Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one to take away, guys. Maybe just do a little vision board for summertime. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's coming fast. And we'll either plan it or people will plan it for us. Choice, choice, choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this one, I'm curious what you have to say about this. Three of like your favorite self-care practices, maybe some tips that you have or a ritual that you like to do. Um, give it to me. Okay. I will definitely say on the theme of of the vision we just shared, anything in nature works for me, especially a hike. I love, um, movement. I love no cell phone reception and I love getting up higher. So my perspective changes. So self-care for me is on a hike and there's resistance, and there's rocks in my shoes, whatever it may be, and then I'm at the top, and it's glorious, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is life. Here we go, and so that's one. Number two, a weird one that I really love and that is a fun guidance exercise for me. I really love different decks, which is great that we're talking (laughs) 
to your journal deck tribe, I have um, quite a few. I have Doreen Virtues, angels, mm-hmm. cards. I have the new moon deck. And yesterday I bought actually this really cool um, dark deck. It's called, Ooh. I forget what it's called. I'll have to look it up. It's, it's a shamanic deck. And it's all actually about some of the fears and beliefs that might be getting in our way. So I found like, my decks were beautiful and wonderful. And then this one is beautifully painted, but all in navy blue. And perhaps some of the things you don't want to face that you need to. So I'm really digging the decks. I love a visual perspective that I can move through to provide insight in my life. So I'm into the decks for sure. And then my third self-care ritual or my third like self-care choice I would make now would be um, a hammock. I <laughs> have really recognized the beauty in um, really hanging in the air in some nylon. And we have one in our backyard that's a two-person hammock we got in Canada from The Hanging Place, which is just such a fun name. And I've really found um, reading in the hammock or just going out and laying there in the sunshine is like soul salve. So I've added newly that's a new one for me this hammock life when it's not raining it's actually raining kind of a little bit right now but I'll take it I just bought a hammock p.s oh my god perfect I just got one from REI it's that camp oh it's the hammock um oh, I'm totally blanking e Eno. yep mm-hmm. yep that They're one great those are those are the straps we have yes I got one and I was super geeked. It was on clearance just because of the color. It was like sold. It was orange. I was like, what's wrong with orange? Like, I'll take an orange hammock. I know. <laughs> so. Ironically, at my book camp last year, because I take my book club to a retreat every year, I gifted everyone an orange hammock. So everyone got a hammock to read in at the retreat. Ah. That's the best. What do you mm-hmm. think it is about I kind of agree I love that you said just hanging in the air what do you think that is because why is that so it is like I I hanging and being like just in the air not in it it's somehow different than a chair I I what oh, is yeah. that there's a weightlessness like you're floating you should actually really if you're getting into this hammock life Ian Finn has a TED talk called hammock enlightenment it's a TEDx talk and it's really great. And it really looks at, you know, the back and the forth. Think about how perhaps um, you used to be rocked as a child. Think about being held and being held by another. Think about being held by the hammock. Think about being held when you were in the womb. I think about that, how Evie must have just floated back and forth for nine months. And that's probably the hammock vibes we get is this rhythmic movement we don't have to do or be anywhere and we get to float in time and how often do we get to do that every day rarely ah that is so cool i am going to look that up there is something to that i agree huh cool that is super cool thanks for sharing that that's fun of course that's like a total interesting analogy there for so many things who knew? I know, right? Who knew? You, and you'll find your own. You might be like, oh, cool. I feel like I'm in the ocean. Like for everyone, they'll probably have a different experience in a hammock. 
So now everyone, everyone needs a hammock now that's listening. You know, that's the moral. Go get a hammock. That's right. Go get one. (laughs) Little plug for hammock life. Okay, last question before we do rapid fire. I feel like I have to ask this one because we are the journal deck. So journaling is kind of a big deal around here. So tell me about your journaling practice. Like, what does it look like? Maybe why do you do it? When do you do it? How often do you do it? Et cetera. Whenever you want to riff on about your journaling practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to journal like every night. And I remember going back and reading my old, old journals. And it's so interesting how emotional it can trigger responses. Um, now my practice is actually quite messy and I love that. I, I don't have, um, specific markers and I don't have my own set journal. My journaling happens in the exact journal I'm using this time, this moment in time. So whether it's a moleskin or a beautiful journal that was created for an event I curated or anything like that, I find that I might have notes from a client yesterday and then the next page is a truly um, open brain vomit, if you will. And it just allows me to understand that the way that I work is when I remember things, when I feel things, I write them down and then they get sticky because I've read them on a page and I've um, taken the time to get them out of my sweet brain. And when I do that, I then can go back and read it. And sometimes I'll bookmark them or I'll dog ear where I journal throughout the journals I'm using and then be able to actually go back before I recycle it and read what I wrote. And some of them I save and some of them I let go. And so my journaling practice is actually a beautiful chaos that is truly a relief of thoughts that could turn into workshops, that could turn into a blog, that could truly turn into a letting go. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like really cathartic to get it out. I say like write it out to clear it out. Love it. I love that. And I do that. (laughs) Yeah, It's so clarifying. It's like the brain you just... Like you said, it's like a brain dump. Like, get it out of my brain. Get it all out on paper. Yeah. yeah. I had this most interesting conversation in my other podcast with a woman who has psoriatic arthritis. And she can't usually write because her hands hurt so much. So she was telling me about this perspective of being able to write something out and how that is the most powerful form of getting things out of your brain rather than typing and even rather than talking it out. She was like, there's something about, you know, being able to write that is the most powerful of all of the forms of clarity. I thought that was so fascinating. Yeah, there's been research about like going to class and taking a computer versus taking pen and paper and that when you actually write it down, you remember it longer versus when you type it. And I find that very interesting because I see so many kids now taking their computers to class. And if I went back to college, which, shit, I would love to do that. (laughs) (laughs) If I went back to school, I'd still be old school pen and paper because that's the way I retain knowledge. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that, um, like, my sister went to high school and they gifted her a laptop, and that's what they took notes on. I was like, what's happening in the world? 
I get being totally knowledgeable with the computers. That's the way of the world. And yet I agree with that sweet woman that there is magic in writing it down on paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I a hundred. Yeah, I agree. Like I was a total notebook person in school, like in college. I had to write it. I had to write it. I never took yeah. notes on my computer ever. I can't even yeah, really do barely ever. ebooks. I kind of suck at ebooks. Like maybe I can listen to an, a book. Like I can do audio, but I kind of suck at reading a book on my um like a laptop or something. I'm not very good at that. I either need an audio book. That's a hard no for me. I need pen, I need like paperback or hardback in my hand. I will, and I say never, I should never say never, but I am very non-Kindle. And not. And let's be honest, I love Kindle people. I love people who are bringing their books wherever, because I pack four books in my suitcase and it's so damn heavy. So I'm sometimes jealous of people who can read Kindle, but mm-hmm. it's not me. What about the audio? Only when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris and I road trip quite a bit, as you heard. Um, with the Pop Go Camper goals. So I can do like a full book on audio for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I can't say though, that's my favorite method. My favorite right. is book in hand. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Me too. Me too. Okay. So here's some fun rapid fire quest- questions. <laughs> Just <laughs> say whatever the first thing is pops in your brain. Cool? Awesome. Yes. All right. If you had to describe self-care in one word or feeling, it would be? Oh, it's a song. A song? But it's, I'm sorry, it's a song, so it's more than one word. It's um, higher love. Bring me a higher love. Oh, that song. (laughs) By Steve Winwood. Yes. Of course I know what that is. Cool. I feel like you've thought about that before. It's my wedding song, so it's sticky. Like, I get I get what higher love is for my partner. I get it when I see it for myself with self-love and self-care. It makes sense. Mm. And I have sang it many times, karaoke or not. <laughs> I love it. Just keeping it real. Love it. That's the point of this podcast. Okay. Uh, in terms of self-care, I could be better at... I could be better at um, meditation. Truly, I want to be one day. Mm, that's a lot of people's answer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people say that. The last one I recorded, she said that too. Yeah. It's part of the journey. That's right. My favorite form of self-care movement or exercise is... Hike life all the way up a mountain. Mm, Could have guessed that one. Yeah. <laughs> And I think you answered this one. I was going to say bath or shower, but I'm guessing bath. All the way. Bath. Bath. Lush bubble bath. Scalding <laughs> hot. Bring it on. Milk chocolate, dark chocolate. Dark chocolate, no questions asked. Ever been a milk chocolate person? Always been dark? I mean, I'll eat milk chocolate if that's all there's available, but I would prefer <laughs> dark chocolate. I only asked, I used to be a milk chocolate, and I said this on a previous podcast, and then I evolved, and now I like dark chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I love all forms of chocolate, but prefer dark, the darkest it can be. It's super luxurious, right? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With a bubble bath. All of the above. (laughs) Beer or wine? Wine. 
Really? I thought you were going to say beer. Beer when camping, wine in life. <laughs> Got it. So if you're having a bubble bath, it might include wine and chocolate. Red wine. Yeah. Red. Red wine all the way. And I'm not talking rosé or white. I'm talking like Pinot Noir, Cabernet Malbec, Zinfandel. Red, red, red. Mm, gotcha. This one might be tough. Uh, favorite author? Oh, no. I'm going to go Brene Brown for sure. Good answer. Classic. Good old Brene Brown. Yeah. She's a good one. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, ooh, that one might trip her up. She might have, like, a lot. but I do have a lot, but I'll go Brene for the sake of rapid fire. And let's see here. Favorite getaway place to visit? Mm, favorite getaway place to visit? I mean, I, I would say the expansive of the Rocky Mountains. To be specific, Chris and I bought a BLM land map where you can camp anywhere. And so I love BLM land where it's free, it's open, and you get to places that cars can't get to um, when you can hike and backpack in. What is BLM? I knew you were going to ask that. I forget what it stands for. It stands for, um, I'll look it up. We can put it in the show notes. But it stands for like land that is approved um, and not like sanctioned. So you can camp there for free and explore there's no like rules like a national park you can take dogs oh gotcha okay cool now i get it all right final rapid fire do you have a go-to meditation and if so what is it like what's a fave meditation um favorite meditation would be the morning meditation in the back of the book of joy by Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. Mm. It's called the morning intention meditation. And you start your morning by asking, um, what you desire from your day for yourself, what you wish and desire for your loved ones, your tribe, your community, and what you wish and desire out for the world. Beautiful. You close it off. Beautiful. Okay. So we've come to the end, and this is where you can tell everybody where they can find you. Awesome. Okay, first I looked at BLM really quickly. Bureau <laughs> of Land Management. So Love now it. we all know. I feel better about it. Okay, cool. Thank you. You can reach me at JackieCar.com, and Rock Your Bliss is RockYourBlissMovement.com. We're on Instagram, of course. It's like a total different feed of a journal, if you will. At Jackie Carr, at Rock Your Bliss. And I would love to actually have you guys in my book club. It's Novel Grapes, an online book club with wine. It's on Facebook, so it is there on the good old book of face. A space for inspiration and connection through books and wine. And then, fun, you guys pop over from this podcast to the Rock Your Bliss podcast. We have ours live and ready to roll and we're launching out our first season at the same time i'm definitely checking that out for sure for sure and guys i do want to say it's jackie with an i yes j-a-c-k-i-c-a-r-r yeah and car with two r's (laughs) i know 
Just, just to make sure you find me. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, because I could see someone totally messing that up, like, if they were typing it in by chance. But I'm sure they'd still find you, but just a little. No, it still comes up. I mean, I dropped the E in college going through the normal identity crisis that most of us go through. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Fun fact. Fun, Fun fact. Facts. Cool. Okay, my dear. This was awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Keep being, thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Thank you. Keep being awesome. Keep being inspiring and just doing the damn thing, as I said in the beginning. I sure will. And I hope to get to one of your treehouse retreats. Oh, we'd love to have you. That was so fun. We did a treehouse in Ohio. We're going to cabins in Colorado. Get on there. We'd love to see you there. Yes. As I commented, I, um, I, it's in my intention is to do that. That would be super fun. Ohio is super close to Pittsburgh. I totally can manage it. So hopefully I'll be seeing you in a treehouse here soon. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> okay, guys. So that is a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Self Care Spotlight brought to you by the Journal Deck, which I am crazy excited to share. It is coming out tomorrow, May 31st, 2017 for pre-sale. And that is also including our limited edition Mala necklace, which is so stunning and beautiful and matching. This has been such a journey. I cannot wait for you all to hold one of these decks in your hand. So be sure to check out thejournaldeck.com forward slash shop before pre-sales end and then you'll be one of the first to own the journal deck until next time i am melissa Cousins signing off for the journal deck music by lee rosevere